The following is a CA original. Pouncer, the Palm Squad, pre- and post-game parties on Beale Street. It's all part of the Memphis Tigers basketball game day experience. This is the Tiger Basketball Podcast. What's happening, Tiger basketball fans? We are back with another edition of the Tiger Basketball Podcast. I'm Mark Giannato, CA Sports Columnist, joined by Drew Hill, our Tiger basketball beat writer and Jason Munns, our producer and AAF eulogist. What, 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 who, would, would that be someone? You were laughing you about that one before eulogy. you even got it out. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, eulogist. I think I don't think that's a word, but it's someone who gives a eulogy. Yeah, I'm sorry for your loss, <laughs> you, Jason. Are you Googleizer? <laughs> <laughs> the Undertaker. Um, but no, it's uh, it's curtain season. It's recruiting season for Memphis basketball. Lots of exciting things going on. So figured we should have a podcast uh, before the first live period of April where, where Penny Hardaway and the Memphis basketball staff will be out watching AAU teams for the first time. Drew Hill will be in Atlanta this weekend for the Nike EYBL session. Um, but I'll just, let's just, let's just set up. I'll just, I'm just going to assist you on this one, Drew. Um, you had a pretty big story this morning about Precious Achua, the latest five-star to take an official visit to Memphis this week. Give us the latest. So, I, you know, as we all know, Precious has been very tight-lipped about this recruitment from the beginning, and there's not a ton um, that's been said. You don't hear his voice very often, maybe outside of the McDonald's All-American Game Media Day stuff. And talking to his, I, well, I'll set, set it up by saying I, I, I talked to this guy who is his coach, but also someone that he knows very well, is very close with, lived with for a brief period of time when he moved over here from Nigeria. Um, and what he had to say about the visit was, I thought, pretty interesting. And the main topic that he brought up several times was that this visit was totally different than the unofficial visit he took to Memphis Madness in October because this time around, one, obviously they have James Wiseman, which is a big asset to have, but two, they now have sort of a vision for what Precious will be able to do on this team, what they want him to do, where they want to develop him, and basically how they're going to turn him into an NBA player. And we saw all the mock drafts come out. I, I believe Precious was on ESPN's mock draft was within the top ten or, or close. Athletic had him moving up. He's like a he's like a top fifteen recruit, but it sounds like at the McDonald's game, the Nike Hoop Summit, things like that, he really he really helped his stock um, with the way he performed there. Right. Um, so right. what what what's the uh, what's the vibe you're getting? Can you what's which way the wind is blowing? Look, they're they're not going to come out and sort of uh, talk the same way we hear some of these other recruits talk or their parents. Like, Rod Hampton is very complimentary of Memphis. He's very complimentary of a lot of different programs, but, like, they're not necessarily that way. They're a lot more sort of to themselves. I, I think Memphis has a, has a pretty good chance based off of um, what I was able to pick up from them. They're not going to be as gung-ho as some of these other schools might be. Do we have any indication of when he's going to make a decision? It, it, I mean, 
it's going to be within probably these next three or four weeks, right? That's when as it'll be within the signing period. You think so? Okay. I, I think so. I, I do. Because um, we should keep in mind. So, like, just for people's knowledge, the way this works, the late signing period has already started, right? Right. Ends in May fifteenth. Ends May fifteenth. That's the deadline to sign a letter of intent. Like a but. A, a player can wait till after that and still sign financial aid papers, which are essentially the same thing. And in fact, it always is weird to me that the best players in the country sign letters of intent because that's a binding contract with the school, whereas finance, a financial aid agreement is non-binding. Like you can get out of that if you want, but it still gives you the same perks of a letter of intent. Um, now, the reason you you know if you're not a, if you're not one of the top twenty five recruits in the country, there's there's some benefits to signing an NLI because it is binding. Like the school can't you know if you get hurt or whatever if your stock goes down, the school can't renege on it. Um, but um, so he doesn't have to sign during the late sign period. It's it's the same right. way with with RJ Hampton. I don't we don't think he's going if he reclassifies and it seems like there's a good chance he reclassifies. It's not going to be until like July or August. And in that case, he can sign financial aid, a financial aid agreement with Memphis or whoever else, you know, he decides to end up going with, just like Marvin Bagley did a couple years ago. Um, so let's go through this for 2019 right now. So, because like right now, as we, for what we know, Memphis has four guys signed James Wiseman. DJ Jeffries, Malcolm Dandridge, and now Damian Ball signed last week. So that's four spots. How many open scholarships do they officially have right now? They lost. They've got. They're going to. Have, they have three with Victorino and Antoine Jones leaving. Three open scholarships, and we've you know Penny was very lukewarm about Ryan. They he kind of backed off what he said a year earlier about Ryan Boyce going on scholarship. And then we there's also the possibility, I guess, Jaden Hardaway could be taken off scholarship if they need if they need to. Um, although I'm do I'm skeptical about that. I, I I personally just knowing Penny a little bit and how he feels about Jaden and I, I'm skeptical. I'm with you. I'm that. skeptical yeah. that they will actually do that. But right now, I feel like you know three is a good number to have. I, Based off of yes. who they're pursuing, I, I think that's going to be enough. So, so we've but got. Let me add something real quick because yeah. we, we mentioned Antoine Jones leaving. I, I I will say I've I've heard a little buzz about Antoine Jones. Um, I don't know if I should put the school names out there. But well, someone already reported that he's visiting. He's actually in Nebraska right now visiting right, Creighton for Creighton. Right and now. then there's a another West Coast school that has interest in him as well. Um, Drew, he doesn't play for the Tigers anymore. Who cares? <laughs> um, I mean, I'm serious. Like, you know, like, honestly, out of sight, out of mind. That's yeah. how it is with, like, these guys. Like, David Nickelberry signed with Buffalo. I don't think anyone really cares that much about that right. last week. Um, but, no, so let's go through, because what we care about is Cruton. All right? Cruton is what's important. Um, so the let's go through the targets. The targets that are out there for 2019 still. Precious Achua, we've already talked about. Trendon Watford. Sounds like he's going to be making a decision here any time, any day now. And it seems like the buzz is back to him going to LSU now that Will Wade somehow squirmed his way out of trouble um, down there, or at least for the time being, squirmed his way out of trouble. Um, 
but maybe he'll pick Memphis or, you know, it seems like it's Memphis or LSU. Um, and I, I guess, would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, then you've, and, and do we think, I, I don't think him, I don't think you're getting both him and precious. I don't think that's enough. I think they're I too agree. similar and play, you know, there's just too many, you know, I think you're getting one or the other. It's, do it's we, a little too crowded with both of them. Who do there. you think is the better fit for what Memphis is trying to do next year? Trendon or precious? Honestly, I, th- I I think if they were able to add Precious, they could be a so good defensive team. Like they could mm-hmm. be fantastic on defense next year if they add him with his size, with his you know ability to move. You could switch everything, and you could really let James Wiseman be that rim protector that you need. Uh, I I think with him, you could be a dominant defensive team, and I think that's. You'd probably rather have him for that What's reason. also intriguing to me about him from watching his film and just reading about him is that he is a guy, he's a high-energy, high-motor guy, and he's the type of guy who you don't really need to run plays for for him to be effective, and given how much talent we think is going to be on this team, you need guys like that where they're going to be productive and they don't necessarily need to be ball dominant because there are going to be a, quite a few guys on this team who need the ball. You know what I sort of think of, and and I don't mean to you know compare Precious to a guy that turned out to not be that great in the NBA, but it makes me think like when you go back to that 2012 Kentucky National Championship cha- team and you had Anthony Davis in the paint as a rim protector blocking shots, that really allowed Michael Kidd Gilchrist. I think that's part of the reason why he got picked second overall by charlotte to sort of be that aggressive defensive player and really run the floor and, and, and finish in transition and, and play more aggressively well, and on it defense. sounds like you could have that something very similar to that from reading the reports Pre- last summer when precious was playing aau ball his one of his biggest efficiencies was um he just he he didn't have much of a game outside of eight feet from the basket like he's re- he was really athletic and really aggressive and you know, an impressive player. And it sounds like over the past year at Mount Verde Academy or Mount Verde Prep, whatever it's called, he's really improved his outside shot. Like he apparently he showed off a much improved outside shot at these McDonald's all American game practices and, and what have you. Um so he's he's an intriguing player, although we should note he's gonna be he'll be twenty by the time the college basketball season starts, um, according to his birthday. He was born in ni- September nineteen ninety nine. Um, so by the time, he, so he's an old 2019 recruit. Um, and that's why he is almost certainly a one and done type of kid because he's going to be 21, you know, 21 by the time he gets in the NBA. It's not like he's at, he like, whereas James Wiseman just turned 18. Like this kid, like, like precious is almost, is he, is he older than Jaron Jackson jr. Or are they like, I bet you they're the same age. age. They're like around the same age. Jaron Jackson just turned 19. So he, may, he might be older. He actually might be older than Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, and he's probably two years older than James Wiseman. And this um, is according to the birthday that's on... Like on the draft websites okay. and stuff. Jaron Jackson Jr. was born September 15th, 1999. So, so he's the so same, the same age as Jaron Jackson yeah. Jr. Wow. Let's keep that in mind. Um, and so... Um, so but that actually, that to me, that's a good thing for Memphis because he's not your typical one and done kid. For right. like maybe for his pro prospects, it might hurt that a little bit. But for Memphis, I think it's a good thing because he's a little, he's probably a little more mature. Um, but so we got Precious and Trendon. 
Then you've got Lester Quinones, who is deciding on May 15th. Is that right? May 10th. May 10th. And he is obviously friends and AAU teammates and former high school teammates with Precious Achua. Do you think Precious is going to wait for Lester to decide and then decide? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be like, I say, like, I'm guessing that he's going to dis- going to sign in this period. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, think about it. He's still going to visit only Michigan, five right? Day- yeah, yeah, he still has two. Well, he's at Indiana right now. Okay. Um, and then he's going to visit, Michigan. And then he's going to Michigan. But if you think about it, there's only a five-day gap there between May 10th and May 15th, the end of the signing period. So, pro- I mean, probably. I, I, I think that Precious will choose after... Uh, after Again, does. he doesn't need to choose during the late signing period. I, I can't emphasize that enough. Like, if for a guy like Precious Achua, right. he can decide whenever he wants. Um, so I don't think he's bound by that deadline necessarily. I don't. I don't think he is either. I just think that that. You think that's what he's? Gonna I do? think that's what's go, what's going to happen. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and then you've got so Kino, and then we've we've obviously talked about R.J. Hampton, who could reclassify, and then Rajon Tucker. A grad transfer from Little Rock who put up 29 on the Tigers this year when they came to FedEx Forum. Who's already declared for the NBA. Yes, but so has like half the known universe, right. it there's, seems like. There's so. 233 underclassmen. We're not even right. getting into like yes. you know, seniors. Yes, exactly. And there's 60 guys who get picked. But but honestly, at the, now with the new rules... It's smart to declare yeah, like you, right. you're allowed to hire an agent and come back. You, you might as well, like, what's the harm in getting the information and being told, you know, you're not ready. Like right. there's no, there's no harm in that. I totally like, agree. I, I tweeted about this the other day because I, I know, I, I know from following this knows. enough, I, I'm <laughs> 100% that kids who come here and play for Memphis that do not seem like one and done prospects are going to declare and there's going to be outrage no matter what because fans think, oh, that means he's gone. And you got to understand the circumstances um, and the way that it works because that's the smart Is that decision. what Evan Olds did? He declared for the draft and he's going to come back? Yeah, yeah, actually. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Um, <laughs> but no, so Rajon Tucker is visiting this weekend, so it'll be an interesting juggling act for Penny. They'll be hosting Rajon Tucker Thursday, Friday. And then also they're going to be out on the road. You know, I think Nike, the Nike, the EYBL Nike circuit is in Atlanta. Under Armour is in Kansas City, I want to say. And I don't know where Adidas is, but it doesn't seem like Memphis has very many Adidas targets right now. Fort Worth. Okay. Um, So I think uh, Rajon Tucker is a really intriguing guy because they do need some experience. They need a little more experience. They could use, not need, could use an experienced part on the perimeter for this rock, especially because, I mean, honestly, it seems like they're going all in on next year. And, you know, when you have the number one recruit in the country, a guy in James Wiseman, who very clearly, it seems established himself as the best prospect for the 2020 NBA draft during this last sort of round of workouts with, with for the McDonald's all American game and, and the Nike hoop summit. I mean, you want to try and take advantage of it while you got them because you're only going to have them for about, what, six months or something. Um, and so I think Rajon Tucker would be a really intriguing piece to add to the equation. But, do, you know, again, we talked about they have three they have three scholarships that we know of. So say you're adding Lester, Precious, and Rajon, 
Then now, you, now you got to make room if you want RJ Hampton. But if you add Rajon, you sort of are taking away. Like Rod Hampton has made it very clear, he wants the ball in RJ's hands, making plays next year. You, you got to think the more guards they add, the uh, the less possibility there is of landing RJ Hampton. Yeah, but I think see, I think you got. I mean, like you got to add like. Like RJ Hampton's different than Rajon Tucker and Lester Canones. Like RJ Hampton's a lead guard, and he's. I, I think you have to make you have to figure out you got to save room for him. However you do it, whether it's taking Jaden off scholarship, whether it's doing it some other way, forcing someone out of the program. Like I think you got to make sure there's room for RJ. They will. Yeah, they will. They'll figure it out. Um, they they this stuff always sorts itself out. Um, here's what I think. Here's what I. I'm curious what you think, Mark. Um, do you see Rajon Tucker as maybe an option if Lester decides to go somewhere else, or do you see him more as? I do to play think I do I do think you probably take one or the other if you want to have if you want to have room for RJ. The question, and I think my guess is their priority is Lester, um, and Rajon like with Rajon. Like I do think it seems like he's going to decide later than Lester if he's going to stay in the draft. Like he doesn't have to pull out of the draft for for a few weeks. So um, maybe maybe that's that's the scenario there. I mean, you, they don't even decide who's going to the combine until you know mid May. Yeah. So. so maybe you're maybe that's what that maybe that's what we're seeing here. It's bringing in Rajon as the not a backup plan, but kind of as a. Um, Another option, once you hear from Lester, you know, in case Lester doesn't work out, um, and then you go there's, from there. And then there's David Jenkins, too, who's not a guarantee that he'd be able to play next year, but it sounds like, you know, there's a little bit of interest. I know he was on Gary's show saying that he wanted to uh, to take a visit. But do we think he's going to follow his old coach to UNLV? Yeah, that's probably the likely scenario, yeah. but it's worth he's worth mentioning, at least. Yeah, and so, and then... You know, what's interesting is like this late signing period has become so big in college basketball in the past few years. But usually in the past, this used to be when you switched over to the next year. And Penny's, you, you had an interesting story on this, like how Penny is kind of having, is doing both. He's juggling both right now because this weekend when he goes to these, you know, Nike events, Under Armour events, wherever they are, like for the most part, they're going to be looking at 2020 and beyond recruits. Um, so take, takes the reason who, do, who do you think are the top targets for them in 2020? Like who's Penny in the, in the staff really going to be watching closely over the next couple weeks here in April? Over the next couple weeks, there's a few, you know, I think right now there's definitely three guys that they have a lot of interest in. Jalen green is, uh, obviously he's a top recruit. He came on his official visit with RJ, already um in September and he's you know he's one not of the top players in the right? country. Very unlikely, I think, at okay. this point. Um he's gonna be a guy that they that they have their eye on this weekend for sure and and beyond. Um Matthew Morell still they're very involved in. The I expect Haven them star. to be yeah, I expect them to be in Kansas City to watch him this weekend as well. Um and then Chris Moore who we've wrote about a little bit also has been getting a lot of interest and he's, you know, he's sort of like Matthew where now there's a lot of national 
recruiting analysts and people that are starting to pay a lot of attention to him, and he's getting he's getting a little bit more hype. Um, he just had Bruce Pearl just offered uh, Matthew and was just in to see Chris Moore as well. Chris Moore's plays for West Memphis and uh, the Woods Elite AAU team. He'll be down in Atlanta this weekend as well. So those are three guys for sure. Um, you know, there's plenty of other guys as well. well. Greg what, Brown is the they'll yeah, certainly watch. He plays R.J. Hampton in the first game of the EYBL on Friday. That's going to be a really hyped up game, I'm sure. A battle between two of the two top five players, so that'll be a lot of fun. Um, well, and you'll yeah. see there'll be more offers that they send out based on what happens this April, and you know it'll probably change. And, and like honestly, it's what's fascinating now is with the way Penny's recruiting, like how many scholarships do they have to hand out in 2020? I don't think we're totally sure at this point because it depends who they get in 2019 and who, which one and duns they get. And, and it, do they get a grad transfer? Like it's, it's just fascinating. And I'll tell you, it's, it's a lot more fun than when I was covering tubby and you'd go to these events and I'd be searching out like it's, it's fun. It's good and bad. It was good in that when I was covering Tubby, I'd be talking to recruits no one else wanted to talk to. Um, but now, you know, and now you're you're talking to the best players in the country, and so, like, everyone wants yeah. to talk to them. So it's and more I, competitive, I know, but it's also more fun. I should know. We should have mentioned they'll, they'll probably also be watching Kennedy Chandler. The yeah, well, I was going to mention, I mean, like, it looks like, so while 2020 looks like not a down year for Memphis area recruiting, but it's just not as strong as 2019. 2021 looks like a very strong year for Memphis recruits. The, the ESPN top 60 for 2021 came out, and I believe there were four Memphis area kids mm-hmm. in the top 60. And from uh, reading the Twitter scuttlebutt, there's arguments that a fifth kid could have been added. I'm not sure who it was, but it, the last Lawson, Jonathan Lawson, was the highest rated. In the 20s, I believe. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting. He's the first kind of guard of all the Lawsons, and it'll be fascinating to see if Memphis is involved or not, given the history there, both good and bad. Um, You know, Penny coached Jonathan Lawson for one year last year um, at East, so he does have a relationship with him. Um, And I remember, I distinctly remember during a summer league game, Penny calling him Johnny Dynamite because, quote, he is liable to blow up at any moment, both emotionally and then also on the court, like he could take over a game. Um, so um, that'll be fascinating. Then you got Kennedy Chandler, who Penny also coached, has a relationship with, even though he doesn't play for Team Penny anymore. He's at Briarcrest, Mr. Basketball winner this year as a sophomore. He looks like a very high-level recruit. And then Alden Applewhite, who plays with um, Mike Miller's son and Tony Madlock's son is another top 50 recruit. So looks like a strong year. And, you know, as we've seen so far, when Penny wants a Memphis kid, Penny gets a Memphis kid. So, um, yeah, Bruce, Bruce Pearl, what are you doing here? Yeah. Well, you better have a really good barbecue if you, yeah. want, <laughs> if you want these kids. Um, well, we will. Uh, we will keep you abreast of all the recruiting updates at commercialpeel.com. Drew's doing a great job tracking all these handlers and coaches and players down. Um, and uh, it's going to be, we'll, we'll certainly have some podcasts here, especially if they get a big commitment. And, and I've said this several times in different interviews, but like, I mean, I, I don't know if you agree with this, but 
they're involved with so many kids. I just find it hard to believe Penny's going to strike out. I don't know if they're going to get all, like, I don't know if they're going to get Precious or they're going to get Lester or they're going to get RJ or they're going to get Rajon Tucker, but I don't think they're going to miss on all of them. Uh, no, I agree. I, I think we talked about this on the podcast. This was my take, like, I was for the last three weeks or so, is that I, I, I do think that they're going to wind up with, uh, a couple more prospects here. It'll be interesting. Like they could, I was looking through the numbers to see where all time, if they do get Precious and Lester, this would sort of stand. I I didn't get through all of them, but I believe they've had like the number two recruiting class uh, before. And as far as numbers go, like grades wise, if they landed both of those guys, it would be about you know second in program history. And then you add RJ, and you you're going for Maybe the best recruiting class Memphis has ever had, which would be crazy to think about. Wow, wow! And before we end this, like we always end with a food take. I got, I got to ask food expert Mark Giannato, not Mexican food expert, but whatever <laughs> other food experts. The place was great. What do you, what do you make of them uh, taking Precious to Gus's? It's better than that Nashville trash hot chicken. I like Gus's a lot. Yeah, okay. Gus's is my like my it? issue with. These there these official visits, and it's because the kids the kids choose where they want to go. They basically give like from what I understand, they give them options. They choose where they want to go. <laughs> RJ chose Carabas. Yeah, well, most <laughs> that's of, great. Most that's of fantastic. These, most of these official visits, though, when they go to a steakhouse, like all these kids pick Ruth Chris, and like I guess like Ruth Chris is fine. Like it's you know whatever. But like if I'm you know like folks folly is like unbelievable. Fleming's unbelievable. Like. Don't go with the chain. Guys. I know. I know. Go there was with, Capital Grill was one that they considered again. Uh, another chain. Day. Like Capital Grill's fine, but like if I'm getting if I'm getting a steak in Memphis, I'm not going to Cap. If I'm like and I and I have an unlimited budget, which you do on an on a official visit, I'm picking the best steak place in town. And I guess you know these kids probably don't know any better. But like if I'm Penny, I'm steering like you know guys. This place is the best. And maybe Penny likes Ruth Chris the best. That butter. Well, Penny said that Rendezvous, well, is his favorite well, barbecue. He's smart, we- though. They are a sponsor of Memphis <laughs> Athletics. Penny knows where his bread's buttered. That was tongue-in-cheek. I know. Yeah. I know. Come on. Um, so, yeah, that would be my take on the official visit food, is that, like, let's let, Folks Folly is the best steak in Memphis, in my opinion. And that's where I would go if I was a recruiter. Do you not like Gus's, Drew? No, I do like Gus's. I just was curious what. Uh, you know, Chef Boyardee over here thought about it. <laughs> Chef Boyardee. All right. Well, we will be back. Uh, like I said, once once someone commits, I think we'll do a we'll do a podcast, and so Drew, hopefully that's sooner rather than later. Yeah, we shall see. Um, but till then, I was Mark. I was joined by Drew and Jason. Um, enjoy recruiting season. The Tiger Basketball Podcast can be found each week during the regular season at CommercialAppeal.com. You can also subscribe for free to the Tiger Basketball Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. The Tiger Basketball Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.